Hey, everybody. Courtney and I are taking a short break, but while we're away, we hope you'll enjoy this reprise of one of our favorite episodes. Welcome to Why Are They So Angry, the show that tells you why African-Americans are angry after 400 years. I'm Carol Francois. The One half, half of the hosting is Courtney Square. Well, Courtney, I'm pleased to kick off our first show together. When I first laid eyes on you as a baby in diapers, oh, I guess I should let the group know you are my niece. I saw you as a baby in diapers, and I promise you, I never imagined that one day we'd be producing a podcast together. What the heck? Back then, I didn't even know what the term broad, uh, podcast meant. Well, podcasts are some of my favorite things to listen to. I was one of those children that were subjected to AM talk radio, so podcasts are nothing new, and I am excited to go on this journey with you, Aunt Carol. Well, let's just get after it then. Let's tell our listeners why and how we decided to launch this show and try to answer the question, why are they so angry? Well, I decided to join um, with everything that's going on, us being trapped in our houses and watching the social unrest. And I honestly think using a nerd term, because I'm a very big nerd, the flashpoint for me is when someone told me that I was nothing but an angry Black girl, which is a term that Black women try to run away from. We try to shrink ourselves. We try to just be grateful to be in the room another nerd reference we're just supposed to be happy to be in the room where it happened and I thought to myself of all the comic books and stories that I've read what happens when heroes get really angry things happen so I jumped on board the best way I knew how and here is where we are well, that sounds like a good reason to be here. I have a somewhat similar story, I have somewhat similar, but a little bit different. I um, woke up one day to the sad news that George Floyd had been murdered. And I did what a lot of people did at that time. Of course, I grieved, but um, what I started wondering was what could I do? You know, what could I do as a result of this? And I recalled that my husband and I had been collecting books for years about systemic racism. And something just told me, you know, maybe if people understood and knew about the long history since 1619 in this country, that Black people, Black African Americans have been misused and abused, and maybe if they really heard and saw and understood the real American history, maybe we could stop the George Floyd type murders because people would become more attuned to and understand why African-American Black people are angry. We're angry and we're hurt because for years we have been the victims of systemic racism. So um, that's, that's why I'm here. I'm glad you're here with me. Uh, so let's just get started talking about some terms since uh, the purpose of this show is all about going back in history and bringing people up to the present 
to see systemic racism in all of the different institutions of this country, uh, housing, politics, popular uh, culture, healthcare, no matter where you are, if you are a black African-American in this country, somewhere in these institutions you have experienced or probably will experience systemic racism. So we're gonna get going and I want the audience to know that we're not just pulling these terms and definitions out of the air. We are using as our basis a very scholarly book by Shirley Better. And that book is entitled Institutional Racism, A Primer on Theory and Strategies for Social Change. And Dr. Better has a glossary in her book that uh, defines some of these terms that we're gonna talk, well, all the terms we're gonna talk about. And so we're, again, it's just, it's not Courtney and Carol just making up some definitions. We're giving it out of our head. Right, we're not pulling it out of our head. We're using definitions from uh, scholarly, uh, known scholars that understand this field very well. So I'm gonna give it back to you, Courtney. Let's start with the word bias. A lot of people are a little confused about that term. What does bias mean? Bias is a prejudice in favor or against one thing, person, or group compared with another, usually in a way considered to be unfair. And you're using your teacher voice, so I feel like I should use that in a sentence. <laughs> Timmy was biased against the softball team. Ah, okay. All right. So bias, um, it could happen in a lot of ways, right? So maybe a judge could be biased. Is that is that something that could happen? That could happen. And we see that a lot. I think we have like the unknown biases. I think a lot of people think about that. And I think people want to lump bias in with racism, which it's not. So I'm glad we're using that definition. Anyone can be biased, but we do see it in the judicial system. If you think that all black people are criminals, when a black person comes up to you as a judge, you really judge or jury member because uh, we do have the jury system mm -hmm. uh, that bias is going to kick in you don't really care about the evidence because all black people in your your biasness is would be criminal i got you and uh, there there are times when the word bias uh, the way we're talking about it now sounds pretty negative but um there might be some more innocent ways that you use the word bias for example i might have a bias over certain fruits. Instead of eating apples, I have a bias toward peaches. Uh, I think peaches are better, I don't know. But when it comes down to the definition we're using here around race, then it's, it's about unfairness. The, the peach or the apple isn't being treated unfairly. I'm just making a choice. But a bias includes unfairness. So, um, I'm gonna jump in here now and talk about prejudice, which is a little bit further along the spectrum from bias. And uh, Dr. Better tells us that it's an irrational attitude of hostility toward or against an individual, a group, a race, or their supposed characteristics. And it can be also the actual act of prejudgment. So I think the key to that definition, Courtney, is that word hostility. That when we talk about somebody being prejudiced, they've made a prejudgment, that is, they've made a decision about somebody ahead of time before they really get to know them. 
But the other piece of it is not only have they made the judgment, but they're also hostile. And um, that's, that's the tough part. You know, it's not unusual. And in fact, some sociologists will tell you that being prejudiced is actually a uh, human trait that has saved people in situations where they could be harmed. So if, uh, if uh, back in the, the Stone Age, someone saw an individual approaching him or her, and that person wasn't from his or her tribe, that individual might be prejudiced. That is, they might prejudge the person approaching them because they don't know who they are. They really don't know their history, whether they're friend or foe. But when we bring this up to the 21st century, we're not back in the Stone Age, um, the prejudice we're talking about is when somebody actually for no reason whatsoever has made a decision that a certain group, a certain color, a certain age, even um, a certain sexual orientation, that, hey, they're not good and I'm actually, I may even, I will do, do them harm, whether physically, mentally, or whatever. So it looks like we're going up a scale. So this is like bias deluxe is, uh, yeah. is prejudice. <laughs> and the, we now all know what the big one is, but. Okay. Yes. You so get the big one. <laughs> I get, I do. I do. So what is next on our list of vocabulary words? I think you get the big one called bigotry. Okay, so bigotry is the state of mind in which an individual obstinately and intolerantly is devoted to their own opinions and prejudices. And I know a lot of people are visualizing a brown chair in a living room with a gentleman by the name of Archibald Bunker, who we lovingly called America's favorite bigot. That's not a nice thing to be called, and it's a lot bigger than those were the days with Edith and Archie, but bigotry is, you know, the next thing up the food chain to, from bias and prejudice, and a lot of people show bigoted ideals. We're seeing that more and more, but we're missing a specific word, so anyone can be bigoted towards certain things, but what we're studying here with systemic racism is the historic, uh, bigotry towards African-Americans and I think a lot of us have experienced it and may have called it something else or may have used the term racist mm-hmm. when really meant bigot or bigotry right. so that is that is a term that we're going to learn words mean things so they that's do. something they we're do. going to to explore in this podcast is that we are mean? you are exactly right my dear niece and and what's interesting is a lot of people have trouble with these terms because they think, uh, and when we get to racism, we're going to go into a little bit more, but it is perfectly uh, possible for a person who is Black, African-American to hold a bias for or against something. Uh, the same thing for a prejudice, for or against something, uh, and, and even be a bigot. The difference, though, that we're going to learn, and I'm going to just zoom on in on the next piece about systemic racism is that even though a person can be biased, prejudiced, and bigoted, they they cannot be a racist unless they hold power. And that's the operative word. So let's talk a little bit about this business of racism because it's a hot topic and it's a hot button when you tell someone or someone says, I'm not a racist, I'm not a racist. 
what they are actually trying to deny is they are not biased, they're not prejudiced, they're not bigoted, or all of those things. But systemic racism doesn't have to, you don't have to be in the position of trying to hurt someone physically, burning a cross on somebody's lawn, uh, you know, lynching someone. Systemic racism is actually, it's a form of prejudice against someone because of their race when their views are reinforced by systems of power. That's the key. And those systems of power are patterns, their procedures, their practices, and their policies that operate within social institutions. And when those patterns and procedures, practices, and policies are in operation, and they consistently penalize, disadvantage, or exploit individuals who are members of non-white racial ethnic groups, that's when we're talking about systemic racism. And it's possible for some of the nicest people in the world to be part of a systemically racist society, which is America right now. And that's what we're dealing with. So, um, and, and also, Courtney, I want to go back to that idea of social institutions. Um, remind us what some of those are. What are some social institutions that just about every society will have? Well, there's uh, real estate where you live, work, and play. There's the justice system, you know, the pol- from the police to the local sheriff to the judges, the juries, the prosecutors, the defenders. You've got your education systems, so your school boards, teachers, principals, superintendents, all the way to your doctors and how you were treated at the doctor's office. If you're seen or not seen in the emergency room, if you are or may not be experimented on against your will in the medical field. That's a far-fetched, horrific thing to think about, but that the medical institution is a part of systemic racism. Did I leave anything? Very out? much so, very <laughs> much so. And um, keep in mind, it was uh, I thought it was interesting you said about far-fetched uh, medical ex- experimentation, but one of the things we are going to talk about on this show is how, how through the years, consistently, uh, black African Americans have been experimented on medically to um, either experiment physically in a, uh, or mentally in a way to create medicines or new explore new treatments. And many times those experiments were done, as you said, against their will. So we've got a lot to talk about when we're talking about systemic racism. There's a quote that I love by Ijeoma Ulu who said, when we acknowledge racism as part of a system, instead of being limited in our ability to win over racist, we can instead focus on how our actions interact with systemic racism. And her whole point is to say, let's stop worrying about being called names, okay? A lot of people get bent out of shape when uh, when a black African-American says, well, so-and-so is a racist, and their first words out of their mouth is, I'm not a racist. What we need to concern ourselves with is, is there a system that is unfairly uh, advantaging or disadvantaging a group and exploiting a group because of the patterns of procedures and the practices and policies that are in place, 
And if that exists, which it does in America, how can we go about dismantling that? How can we do away with uh, that penalizing and that disadvantage and that exploiting? So we have a level, level playing field for everybody. So that's what this show is all going to be about. I mean, all of those um, uh, social institutions you named, we're going to take each one of them. We're going to pick them apart. We're going to go back in history. I love that you, that's one of your things. You're, you're blurred and you love history. I do. She does. And because of that, we're going to go back in time check in on what happened years ago in each one of these uh, these social institutions and we're going to bring them up to the future and talk about where they are now and what's going on in those institutions today because it's not over people systemic racism started when the first african slaves set foot on this country's territory back in 1619 and it's gone on all the way up to 2020, the very day, whatever day this is, systemic racism, racism is still alive. And um, I don't even want to say well, but it is still alive and functioning in the United States. And the only way we can change this country for the better is if we recognize it. That is, if we see it, say it, call it out for what it is, and confront it so that we can work to dismantle it. So... I agree. August 20th, 1619. August that 20th. Was, there you have yes, it. August 20th, 1619, where someone who looked very much like you or I came here and started this journey that this, in spite of everything that we're going to talk about, you and I are here doing this podcast. So we are both saddened, but we're also grateful that those people landed over 400 years ago that's it blows my mind somebody posted it is written down august 20th three days ago three days ago about 400 or almost 500 years ago 400 years ago 400 and some years ago uh the first african slaves landed here so but we're here to educate we're here to blow some minds and and educate some people we're not here to change carl the klansman or brenda the bigot we are here to educate people who are willing to take a look. It's in a book. My favorite show, Reading Rainbow. So I like gonna... that. Take a look. It's in a book. And we're going to be using books, I can promise you, Courtney, uh, that are well-documented, well-researched. These are not uh, fly-by-night scholars. These are people who are well-known, well-supported in the work that they've done. And uh, we're going to take a look because a lot of all of this is in a book. And unfortunately, these books have not been made available, or if they have been, they have not been promoted in such a way that folks uh, really understand what our country uh, is built on. And uh, we don't say this to be critical about America. In fact, I, I can't imagine living anywhere else. Uh, so since I'm going to live here, my goal is to try to make it better try to make it better. I'm an old Girl Scout, and uh, Girl Scout, one of the sayings, one of the mottos was, leave the campground better than you found it. And I'm so a Girl Scout too. Yes, <laughs> yes, you old scout. I um, am a Girl Scout. That's right, and so my goal is, along with you, is we're going to try to leave this campground better than we found it. So, Courtney, what's next? Uh, can folks hear from us in other areas, other ways? 
Well, we are on Facebook. We have the Why Are They So Angry Facebook page for those of you who use the Facebook or the Face Smash, as my older neighbor calls it. <laughs> we have Twitter, which is the Why Are They So Angry? It's going to be the initials, so the W. A-T-S-A. I'm going to get it one day. I'm going to get the acronym down, but we are on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. I hear rumblings of an online course. So if you want to study, you can, you can have Dr. Carol Francois at your very fingertips or earbuds or AirPods <laughs> and learn and educate others with our online course. Hopefully, we will have some merch for you to share with other people so they can see that you are about what you are learning about. So I'm excited with what is coming down the pipeline for why are they so angry? Well, I'm excited with you, too. And you're exactly right about that online course, Courtney. Uh, we've, we've put a lot of work into it, and I believe that... Anyone who takes this class is going to have, I'm going to use an old-fashioned term, their, their mind will be blown because we're going to be diving into history as you've never seen it, heard it before, unvarnished American history. We're going to step right through that looking glass and come out on the other side uh, and see the American dream through a very, very different lens. So I'm looking forward to that. So Courtney, I really, this is our first go round is this, and I'm so proud of you. I'm, if you weren't my niece, uh, I would still say these things. <laughs> you did it. I've just enjoyed it. So I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. I was at uh, DC Fandom all yesterday and wow. they had a whole plan, a whole panel about African-American comic book writers not just heroes so i i do feel like i am among those that are are stepping out and doing something and i enjoy doing it with you i'm so excited to see where we go from here i am too and i'm glad you mentioned that comic um conference that you attended because that's all part of popular culture and believe it or not systemic racism is in popular culture too. did you know that superman fought the clan wow well, you know what? <laughs> Coming up <laughs> in one of our future podcasts, we're going to hear all about that. So in the meantime, uh, I, want, I hope everyone will stay tuned for our next podcast. We will be taking on the issue of systemic racism in housing. And uh, so that'll be our next launch uh, pad. So get ready to see it, say it, and confront it. I'm Carol Francois. I am Courtney Square. And we are happy to explain to you why are they so angry. Talk to you later. That brings today's episode to a close. We hope you join us next time when we continue providing the answer to the question, why are they so angry? As always, we hope you learn something so you can see it, say it, and confront it.